In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Throughout grade school and high school, I was a fairly average student. When we speak about some of the core courses that everyone must take, I was average, perhaps slightly average, uh, slightly above average in a few. History I loved, and I was fortunate to have some really good teachers who helped us get into the spirit of history, even if some of their teaching methods were a little unorthodox. Reading and comprehension was another subject that I earned high marks in, and still, to this day, I love reading. I'll even read the milk carton if there's nothing else around. But there was one class, one subject, that I hated with a passion. If I could have avoided it, I would have run for the hills. I considered it the bane of my existence and even questioned if my parents loved me because they put me through it. Mathematics. I still hate math. Now, I'm not talking about 2 plus 2 or 5 times 5. And I'm not even really talking about some forms of division or subtraction, even though I still have a conceptual problem with some of the rules, like taking 10 from here and just putting it over there. But anyways, no, what I'm talking about are the x equals 5 open parentheses 5 plus 4 close parentheses minus open parentheses 3 times 16 close parentheses y over 6 squared open brackets 9 times 56,822 close it times the square root of 5,467,829 close brackets and just for good measure somebody puts an exclamation point in there somewhere and that is what really gets me, is that there are people who say that this equation looks beautiful. And I look at it, and I see modern art, and not the good kind. It looks like utter gibberish to me, like some cat had walked across the keyboard to my computer and typed this out. Geometry, I can handle. Balancing my checkbook is a breeze, but this, this equation is nonsense, and it's a difficult thing, and it makes my eyes glaze over. And sadly, even the best teachers of mathematics that I had knew that this was definitely not my calling in life. Thanks be to God for one tool that has saved me many a day, the modern calculator. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? I think the disciples are dumbstruck in the same manner that I become overwhelmed with too many digits and symbols in an equation. They don't understand what Jesus is saying, much less where to begin. And with Jesus speaking in this highly spiritualized and highly metaphorical manner, 
We can see them with eyes glazing over and saying eventually, I can't do this. This is too far beyond me. Sometimes this is exactly what we do with our faith and with our scripture and even with our doctrine. We know the basics. We might be able to cite a few prayers, quote a few scripture verses, even talk about a few fundamental points of one of the creeds. But when we dive deeper and stretch ourselves beyond our comfort level, we resist, we pull back, or we say, this teaching is too difficult. I'm just a simple man, and loving Jesus is good enough for me. The richness of our Christianity and that which it is based on is worth a lifetime of learning, studying, and practicing. Just as some people with their maths would advance to trigonometry and calculus, there is always one more thing to learn. It would be like knowing that 3 plus 3 equals 6, but refusing to learn that 6 minus 3 equals 3. And that's part of the point. Christianity is hard. Christianity is difficult. Christianity is something that we practice, and we practice it day in and day out because we will never get it right on this side of eternity. And in my opinion, the 21st century church, particularly in North America and Europe, have failed to accept the difficulty of Christianity and instead have taken up the model of complacency. There are many churches and denominations that no longer teach the doctrine of the Trinity something that Christians have been professing since 325 A.D. and even before. Why, you might ask? Well, there's every answer from it's too difficult to people don't understand it to, well, you know, Jesus was just a good man and not God. And those are answers we hear from the pulpits. The Episcopal Church and the Anglican Communion have both fallen into this issue with many other doctrines and theological points. Whatever your stance is, everything from the use of fossil fuels to same-sex marriages to whether or not we should abolish the order of deacons to, and this is happening particularly in the United Kingdom, questioning the need for churches to even have priests and instead go to a simple house church model with the hope of opening 10,000 new churches in the next few years and only celebrating the Eucharist when a bishop or a roaming priest is available. So rather than addressing the hard questions through our three-legged stool of scripture, tradition, and reason, many Christians reverse the order and say that reason and society should dictate our approach to scripture and tradition should only be used if it's not too off-putting 
And why? Because scripture and tradition are difficult. And real reason, real in-depth thinking and pondering on issues is also difficult. For example, today, in a different diocese, I noticed that an Episcopal church is having a Beatles mass. All the music is going to be songs recorded and performed by the Beatles. How on earth is the music that they will be singing or are singing right now or performing, teaching the faithful about the love of Christ or edifying the congregation or extolling the praises of God or teaching the doctrine and faith of the church? My fear is Instead of godly preaching and music that is based on the teachings of the church, they are turning the mass, the most sacred thing that we do on this earth, into a variety show. And I can imagine that it will be a performance to glorify man rather than an act of prayer to humble themselves before Almighty God. This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? Part of what makes the teachings of Jesus so difficult is that they are countercultural. It is not that we do whatever we please, but that we are servants, or as St. Paul uses the word, slaves of our Lord. We do those things that he would do. But we also do those things which he expects us to do. And much of it is not optional. Much of it does not require the proverbial call. And much of it requires us to grow and fail and try again tomorrow and grow again. Jesus himself said that we do those things that he would have us to do, like feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, welcome the stranger, clothe the naked, care for the sick, visit the prisoners. These aren't optional. And Jesus didn't say feed the hungry only if they deserve it. Jesus didn't say to give a drink to the thirsty unless they're an illegal immigrant. Jesus didn't say to visit those in jail or prison except for the murderer or the pedophile. Or what about turning the other cheek or praying for your enemies or not seeking revenge on those who wronged you or being the good Samaritan? Or showing that greater love hath no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. This is a hard, difficult, and painful call 
that all of us as Christians are called into living into. Jesus asked the twelve, do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. When we dive into Scripture, our words of life, and we take up a Bible study class to learn more about this, the book of books, when we wrestle and ask questions and become comfortable living into the questions of, let's say, the incarnation or the mystery of the Trinity, or living into the question of how best to love our neighbors as ourselves. Do you know what you will find? We will find Jesus. And he will tell us that these are difficult things. But even just hearing them will lead us to life, an abundant life in that. Let's think about my problem with mathematics. I could have told my Algebra 2 teacher that I didn't need it. All I needed to know was 2 plus 2. And I could have told her that math really wasn't my calling. I mean, why do I need to learn complex equations. I could have said that those should have been left for Eric, our salutatorian, and that he could go and learn that. But me, instead, I'll just go out and tell everybody to love math, but stay with the same level, basic stuff. And that would have gotten me nowhere. But I asked for help and learned enough I eventually made a nice solid B. Now, I still struggle with formulas until I can either memorize them or break them down into chunks that I understand. Everyone is called to learn some math, and while others may excel to dizzying equations that I could never dream of understanding, that doesn't mean I don't learn what I can. So it is with our faith. We are all called to learn. That is why we have so many opportunities for Christian formation and study. It is essential. That is why we include the daily office readings in our bulletin. To give you a place to start with your own reading of Scripture. That is why we work at a food pantry to practice living out our faith. We are now starting to open our church doors on Wednesdays for people to come and pray or even to just come and sit in silence. This is why I continue to read and study and pray to stay healthy spiritually 
And when we struggle, when we have deep, unanswered questions, and we say that this is too difficult, we can come back and say, Ah, yes, it is so difficult. But I know the words of life are found in all of this scripture. And even in our tradition. And even in our reasoning. My friends, Christianity and our faith is not for the faint of heart. We can turn to no other than our Lord and Savior. Where else can we go? But we must turn and learn and trust and obey. And when we do, we will learn how to make these words of life grow in us.